shotglassdigital.com. Rebel Force Radio is brought to you in part by Little Debbie Snacks, bakers of all galactic goodness, like mini donuts, star crunch, cosmic cupcakes, cosmic brownies, nutty bars, and much more. It's all about celebrating your love of a galaxy far, far away. And Little Debbie is the fan's choice for all those sweet moments. Little Debbie, official snack of Rebel Force Radio, Rancho Obi-Wan, and fans around the galaxy. DorksideToys.com. For the latest Star Wars action figures, Marvel, G.I. Joe, and more, visit DorksideToys.com. Chewie, we're home. A small rebel force has penetrated the shield and landed on Endor. This is where the fun begins. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away. This is Rebel Force Radio. Your source for the Force. Star Wars news and commentary. With Jason Swank and Jimmy Mack. I've seen Star Wars 500 times. Star Wars number one. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I suggest we use it. Now it's time for Rebel Force Radio. We would be honored if you would join us. Well, despite my best efforts, I was not able to keep the dark side of the con crud away. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I was taking airborne with every meal. I had antibacterial stuff I was, you know, doing like every hour or so. And yet I still got it. Yep. Got the fever. Got the chills. It must be post celebration (laughs) at the Swank House. Nice. It, it could be worse. It could have been hand, foot, and mouth disease like Celebration 6. But, oh, my God. But, oh, my God. But no. No, it's just uh, just a... I'm just being ravaged by the common cold virus. Um, but that's not going to stop us. No, no, no. Because uh, while this might be the last word on the Force Awakens trailer, it's really the first word. You know what I mean? It's not a Star Wars event until we tell you what we think about it. And that's what we're here to do with this special report. We want to break down the second teaser trailer of The Force Awakens that was unveiled to us at Celebration in Anaheim as part of the opening ceremonies. And, uh, of course, here to help me do all of that is my good friend and yours, back in Chicago, Jimmy Mack. Hey, Jason. Hey, Star Wars fans. Yeah, we're back in the saddle. We're back in the home studios and uh, missing everyone, of course, all the great friends in Anaheim and uh, from all over the world, actually. And uh, you guys know us. When a new trailer is released, we are there right away within hours of that launch uh, talking about it. But, of course, we got so involved with all of our responsibilities for Star Wars Celebration We are now bringing you our trailer analysis. I'm sure you all have talked about the trailer in death and to death amongst yourselves. But me and Jason are here and we really want to just, you know, tear this thing apart from start to finish and let you know what we think of the incredible second teaser trailer for The Force Awakens. And Jason, we are not alone. Oh, no. We are not alone. No, indeed. Uh, probably the greatest thing to happen to us as a result of our Star Wars podcasting adventures is how the family here at Rebel Force Radio has expanded over the years. And uh, we've got one of our brothers in the force here with us. Um, well, he's the voice of, I guess we can say, uh, the Dark Lord. Darth Sidious, the Emperor in Rebels, just revealed over at uh, IGN. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy to be back um, with those guys because I think they're incredibly talented and I really, I love Rebels. I think it's great. Well, and you're stepping into uh, some massive cloaks there 
<laughs> you really are. Yes. But but uh, no, we had known that this is not the first time that you've played uh, the Dark Lord, and that also, you know, when when we lost uh, Ian Abercrombie, d- who was the, fantastic, by the way, he was so good, incredible, so incredible. Good. And they and they got someone else, and that someone else is a very accomplished actor, and someone whose body of work I appreciate very much. But it just it just didn't feel right. It just didn't feel. Did it right. not? Did it? See, I, I my take on uh, on Tim Curry was that I I don't feel that he did Chancellor Palpatine as well as Ian Abercrombie or Ian McDermott, but I thought he did a, a version of Darth Sidious that was extremely compelling. <laughs> I really like. I loved what he did for. For Darth Sidious, what, what did you guys think? What was your take? I thought it was. Um, I, I thought he was interpreting it a little bit too much, mm. doing his own yeah, thing you know, a little bit too much. It, it's true, you know. Um, the, the two Ians had more in common with each other than just their name. I, I, I felt that uh, Ian Ambercrombie really did capture the character of Palpatine, like you said, Sam. And of Perfect. course, I had to get I had to get over the whole Mister Pitt from Seinfeld thing in the first place. So, and he completely did not make me think of that character. He well, except that really... scene where he was cutting up the Snickers bar with a knife. <laughs> of fork. course, Palpatine. Uh, other than that, no, I couldn't couldn't even think of uh of mr pitt no you know of course and we did get a a listener's uh artist interpretation of what that would look like having palpatine sitting in his office actually taking a fork and knife to the snickers bar (laughs) a la seinfeld but um i really felt like there was it was hard to tell the difference he he voice matched Ian McDiarmid so well and really had that cadence and flow that's so necessary to the character. But Sam, of course, we know that uh, you have done magic work with the character of the Emperor in the in the past, as as Jason said, with uh, the Force Unleashed. And uh, I, I just am, we haven't seen the season two premiere yet, so I, I we haven't even heard your work. But oh, I, I, I have. I saw it with an audience. It was I'm it sure. was look. It's not my work that I want to uh, talk about when it comes to that season premiere. I mean, okay, so you see the – this isn't really a spoiler for anyone, um, but, you know, you see the end of season one and Darth Vader appears and you hear his voice. And you and you think, well, if we're lucky, we'll get, <clears throat> you know, some good cameo scenes or maybe an episode full of Vader. And no, no, you get two episodes um, or one if they cut it together into one episode. But we had an uh, – an hour-long presentation with Vader all over it. And it was James Earl Jones as Vader. And and that's the other thing. You're like, you know, it's been a long time since he's done this. What does Vader sound like these days? And and the thing that I loved about it is you really got a a um, a sense of a more a slightly more youthful Vader, a not-as-established Vader, a Vader who is not in charge of a fleet of Star Destroyers, but is the boogeyman. And, um, and you know, it's a a Vader that that segues well into come out of town, that's pot you found those plants and give me the plants they're out there alive. You know, like that guy. Yeah. Um it, it it was really good. <laughs> I mean, James Earl Jones was really, really good. And the way they wrote him was really good, and the entire plotting of the episode was really, really good. And that one moment that I will not I don't even want to talk about, but uh there's a there's a moment that that fans will be talking about. And debating near the end of of the uh, presentation that is a a really powerful moment that I think we've all been waiting for. So, mm. ooh, wow, wow! Well, and everyone's well, being very, very cagey. No one wants to commit to when this is going to broadcast. They're not even saying wow. fall. They're not. I just can't wait anything. to. S- 
I, I would just want to see it again. <laughs> because I'd, I'd read the script because I'm in it. I'm, I'm, I give James Earl Jones his marching orders. So that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, and I play a couple of other characters in there. But I'll, I'll be surprised if people figure out who. But I, I, I was happy that, I, that the audience reacted mm. to one of them. Um, but, uh, uh, but really, I, I, God, I, I just, when I read that script, I, I, you're just picturing it in your head. You're picturing how this all is going to play out and then you see it and it's better than what you thought. And I just love that. I love that about Dave Filoni and his crew. I love that about Star Wars is that you picture something in your head and when something actually exceeds your expectations, it's just such a treat. And, uh, you know, it's, I mean, you've seen in the trailer Vader flying his TIE fighter. Well, that scene's pretty intense. <laughs> I'll just yes. say that. That, but moreover, I love that they made Vader. They also they didn't just show that he was an incredible warrior, but they showed how vicious and smart and intelligent he is, and uh, that makes him even more terrifying. Yeah. Well, and uh, there were shades and echoes of uh, Palpatine in your characterization of the Sun in the Mortis trilogy, also. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there had to be. Close. There had to be. I, or at least that's what me and Dave Filoni figured out in the moment. <laughs> I, I'm talking about it now like it was all planned, but like, no, we didn't. We didn't know. We we were going in trying to figure out what the character should be, and then, and uh, I, you know, I would. If it's okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell on myself a little bit. If you watch the first episode of the Mortis trilogy with me as the son, you'll notice the character is just a little bit different than he is in the next two episodes, and that's because I just didn't know what to do. <laughs> I just oh. didn't, no, well, I just didn't know True what the character was supposed to be. Yeah, I didn't know what the character was supposed to be. I just arrived. I was the new kid. And, and it, was, it was not until I asked Dave near the end of that session, I'm, I'm just afraid this guy's going to sound too much like Starkiller. And mm-hmm. Dave said, well, you know, if, if he does, that's okay because Starkiller had a connection to the dark side of the force and you are the dark side of the force. So it's okay to, to hear him in there, which, by the way, is Dave just, you know. He's just coming up with something that's going to make an actor feel better. But that's what gave me the idea that you should hear all of the Sith Lords in this guy's voice at some point. And it's that, at that point, the character became very specific to me. So, you know, thank God for Dave Filoni's ability to, to just, you know, bowl an actor into security. Dave, <laughs> Dave does have that. Lie his way. He, he does have that way of, all, of making you feel like it was always meant to be that way. Like whatever sure, happens, sure. Well, yeah, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it just makes it so, it's, so matter of fact. But that kind of confidence that he has gets projected onto other people, including myself. If he hadn't said that to me, I, the son of Mortis would never have been like that, yeah. right? I mean, it's that's the funny thing about that. It's like how fragile these things are when you're actually doing a piece of creative work when you know everyone thinks, oh, you have all the time in the world to do as well as you can, and the answer is no, you you don't. And uh, it just so happened that me and him had that conversation that was born out of an insecurity that I had. And because of that conversation, the character became stronger than he would have been um, had we not had that conversation. Oh, for you sure. Know, I, just I, that one I, line that you deliver as multiple characters added so much complexity to that character. Yeah, it makes people wonder about him. It makes people f- try to figure out what, how, how does he fit in here and what is, what, how, how does he influence or how is he influenced by the Sith Lords that, that, you know, actually live and have lived. And it's just, um, you know, and if it weren't for that little turn and, and that sort of dark side thing that, that we came up with, then I wouldn't have been hired for Darth Maul. So, so really at the end of the day, I, you know, you got to thank Dave Filoni for, 
for wanting everyone to be confident and for for coming up with the right lies at the right time <laughs> to, <laughs> to make people feel like they know what they're doing because I didn't know what I was doing. Well, did he have to lie to you uh, to make you feel comfortable yes. doing uh, well, no, like, doing, he, doing Palpatine yes. and Rebels, did he? Oh, no, no. With Palpatine and Rebels, no, I had to lie to him. It was the other way around. I had to tell him that I could do the job. The same thing with Darth Maul. He said, can you do it? I need Darth Maul. Can you do it? I said, sure. So the lies started switching direction, right? At first, it was simply, you know, um, Vader betrayed and murdered your father Uh, from a certain point of view. And... uh, and then, and then later on, it's I, I just started lying right back to him, and, and uh, it seems to have worked out fine for us. We, me and me and Filoni are like Vader and the Emperor. We're, we work together, but we're constantly lying to each other. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I don't think those lies have stopped on his end either, because we've had some conversations and. I, I don't believe a word of it, so we'll see. <laughs> well, we'll leave it up to the listener's imagination as to what those conversations uh, may have been. But, le- <laughs> guys, let's get into it. Let's talk about the Force Awakens trailer. Uh, first, we'll kind of do the uh, where were you when. And uh, for uh, Jimmy and myself, we were seated right next to each other in the front row of the behind-the-scenes stage uh, in the Anaheim Convention Center Thursday morning. Uh, it was a, a little bit of a, there was a lot of commotion. We weren't sure exactly how many were coming into the room, uh, but eventually the room filled completely. And there we were in the front row as we watched the uh, the panel with J.J. Abrams, Kathleen Kennedy, John Boyega, uh, Daisy Ridley, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, Anthony Daniels, Peter Mayhew. Uh, all of that leading up to this crescendo moment of the reveal of the trailer. And Jim, seated being seated next to you uh, was probably... I don't know, fifth or sixth on my highlights for the day. Oh, well, that's nice of you to say. I don't know, fifth or sixth of my highlights. It, it was a day packed full of highlights. So just, just being on the list in the, the top five is impressive to me. Um, yeah, I think we were both kind of uh, bubbling over with excitement when they finally started showing the uh, first images of that trailer. And, of course, the first thing we see is a speeder. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to see where, where Sam was. Oh, oh I guess we, we haven't heard where Sam's. Yeah, Sam, where were you? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I I was uh, popping back and forth between celebration and uh, in Los Angeles because of various work things that I had to do. So I was I was home at the time, getting ready to go to I, I believe an audition, and uh, and I just saw these tweets about the Star Wars panel. So I popped on StarWars.com and saw oh, there's live coverage, cool, and it was right in time to see the trailer. Oh, really? <laughs> so, oh, excellent. So <laughs> I was I kind of I kind of lost my mind. I was like, all right, I wasn't expecting to see that right now um so it was uh yeah yeah that was a really wonderful um little treat well before we before we dive in completely sam we haven't heard your thoughts on on the first trailer and i was just curious i know that a lot of fans were um surprised and maybe even some disappointed that we saw uh we didn't see any of the legacy characters this was all about the new blood coming to star wars were you surprised and or disappointed um, for the for the first well the first one I it didn't surprise me at all because their job for the teaser is to not show us anything and uh, and then, and to get us interested and um, you know what do we we in terms of new stuff we saw a couple new faces we saw BB-8 we saw a new lightsaber and then we saw the the Millennium Falcon promising that there would be some you know there'd be an interesting continuity from the originals and we saw that the falcon had a new deflector dish if we were looking closely which i just i wonder if lando bought that for him you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah. 
Hey, great job taking out the Death Star. Now you're going to fix the goddamn deflector dish, right? <laughs> hey, no problem, buddy. Hey, yeah, you son of a bitch. I almost got killed. Um, you but, said uh, without a scratch. That's right. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's the thing that you, that's the wonderful thing about that moment in the movie is that you definitely, as soon as he breaks the Falcon, you're like, oh, he didn't keep his promise. <laughs> um, Lando never has really kept promises that much. Never. So, no, never integrity. no integrity. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Um, so, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, so it was very exciting. I, I thought for people that were like, well, why didn't we see more? It's like, well, it's not time for that yet. I'm sure they're going to show us something soon. So Jim, I have a, I have, you, um, oh, go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry. I have a theory on, on uh, why they're being uh, deliberately coy with the way they're, they're rolling out. Um, these legacy characters. And I think that's just for the fact that it's a lot for us to take in. Um, we have to come to a certain acceptance that we're seeing, you know, let's just use the Harrison Ford example. Um, we're seeing Han Solo. We know the character. We're seeing Chewbacca. We're seeing the Millennium Falcon. We, that stuff is very familiar to us, but Harrison is age 30 years. And so I think that there's a, a, a period of time where we have to get used to that. So instead of hitting us over the head and showing us all of the big three at once, let's ease into it as fandom and grow used to the fact that Harrison, like all of us since 1977, we've aged. And it's, I think that's something that is going to take fans a, just a little bit of adjustment um, because we're so used to seeing the characters at a certain age in these familiar environments. And so to throw us, if they tried to throw us Han, Luke, and Leia all at once, that might be just too much for us to handle. I, so I, I like yeah. the idea of I like the idea of rolling out Harrison first, and then maybe in the next trailer we'll we'll see Leia. Um, in in this trailer, we get to see three legacy characters. Of course, we see uh, R two, we see Han and Chewie, and then we see you know the uh, the arm and hand of Luke and the arm and hand of Leia. We think um, we, we don't it. know. We don't know for sure. I think it's probably pretty safe to say. Uh, yeah. But but I have I have a theory about this a little bit. And Jim, I, I I like what you're saying about the rollout because it might be you know maybe too much too soon. As too far as much. The fans we ease. We need to ease into it a little bit. And I you know I am very comfortable with that sort of process. But I think what they're actually doing possibly is if you look at this trailer, I think there might be a deliberate rollout in terms of the importance that the characters play in the film. So the first teaser was to establish, you know what, guys, this is the story of new characters coming into the Star Wars universe. But the but but the as Sam pointed out, but the continuity will still be there with the uh, with the legacy characters. The only ones we really saw to any degree were Han and Chewie. We've also been We've heard rumors that this is really, as far as legacy char characters go, this is really Han's movie. Um, then, which, by the way, I, I think I'm okay with not because I love Harrison Ford, but because I feel like Han Solo didn't necessarily get his due in Return of the Jedi. Right? I almost want Luke to be elevated to a status where we where we see him at key moments. Right? You know, like that. It's a big, big deal when we see Luke Skywalker. Well, I, I agree. And let Han Solo drive the action to Luke Skywalker. Right? I mean, it's. For me, I think the whole thing, you know, the, the entire thing, even the prequels to a certain extent are about Luke Skywalker, and uh, that's my favorite character. So, you know, so yeah, have, have my favorite supporting character lead us to my favorite character, or, or you know, 
support the story until we get to Luke. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I think there I think there are big clues in that you don't all right, maybe you see the arm and the hand of Luke, but the fact that he's got that disembodied voice, the fact that it's very kind of almost ghost like I Did think you notice this, uh yeah. Mark Hamill actually said I'm sorry, I no, told it's okay. you yeah. to go for it. Mark, uh, just about that disembodied voice, uh, yeah. Mark Hamill uh indicated that uh you know, yes it's it's a pull directly from Return of the Jedi but the echo you hear, you know, you hear the voice is strong, my yes. voice is strong, my family. Yeah. The echo is him now. Mm. The echo is current Mark Hamill. I don't know if you know that. Yes, you he said that, that on the, yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, I caught that, that you only heard that if, because um, none of the outlets have seemed to really pick that up. That was revealed in the, uh, in the panel with uh, James Arnold Taylor, uh, where yeah. Mark was interviewed on stage, which I thought was a beautiful, beautiful way of, of doing it. In fact, he had an anecdote where he said that when he was recording it, he said he recorded it about a week before the trailer was released, that he kept screwing up saying, uh, my father had it. My father right, had it. Right. And, and they just kept saying, no, 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 no. My, the line is, my father has it. And he said it just seemed so odd to him to be saying it that way. Um, Sam, I, do you, Sam, do you think that there's any significance to him placing Vader in the present tense like that in the uh, in the uh, trailer, or is it just something that you know they were just sticking I think they to were, original dialogue? I think they were just matching the line, right? Yeah, okay. I, um, I would be very surprised if Hayden Christensen shows up as a blue glowy in this film. <laughs> How, however, okay. yeah, look, I as much as as much as my feelings on Hayden are mixed, um, I would love that. I would think that was really cool. I you know I I think that if they're smart. This movie will be inclusive of all Star Wars fans, fans of the prequels, fans of the originals, and fans of both. It, it really should be an all-inclusive thing. So, you know, much like how Rebels is, is, is gearing up. You know, Rebels is, when you watch it, you're like, it's very original trilogy. Original trilogy, everything's original trilogy. And now, in season two, Clone Wars characters. Mm. And it's like, yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. We should be bringing together all of these myths and, and uh, it's you know, It's all one story. I, there were a couple of different panels uh, uh, that we were hosting on the behind-the-scenes stage for some of the uh, the licensees, uh, in particular Delray and Marvel, and in both panels, it was very, very clear that they're looking at this finally as all one story, all of it. The what do you mean? Who, who said this? Who said this? Uh, this would be Leland Chi in one case and uh, Shelley Shapiro in another instance. Yeah, see, I want to hear J.J. Abrams say that. <laughs> You know, like, oh. no, I mean, like, okay, no, I'm sorry. Right. You know, like, Sam's I, throwing I, down, throwing I'm down. Throwing, but here's <laughs> the thing, man. Like, it's, it's, uh, he, he's free to make whatever film he wants, and I'm, I'm going to be there to see it and support it and, and lend my voice in support to his, what he's trying to accomplish. But I would love it if, if there was some, for example, like, like, for in the trailer, we're talking about this trailer, right? Mm-hmm. When we see Vader's mask, what I thought was wonderful is that John Williams brought in that prequel theme for when yeah. Vader was being built. Do you remember that? Yes. You know, in, in Revenge yes. of the Sith. You know, which was originally, it's a modification of Qui-Gon's funeral pyre, right? And so that theme started coming in and then it brightened when we see Luke Skywalker, right? Yes. And it turned into a... um a major chord as opposed to these minor chords. Right. Right. But, but you know, it's it, the thing that I want to know is like, all right, please tell me what we're, we're, we're not throwing out the baby with the, the baby with the bathwater. It's like, if you don't like Jar Jar, you don't have to put him in the new movie. Don't worry. But, um, <laughs> let's, let's stick with the, you know, you took this girl to the dance and let's stick with this girl. 
right? Actually, That's, I think uh, the movie should just open with uh, just Jar Jar comes on screen, bends over, and just rips one right there in front of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> and just walks off. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> A little, little crop duster. <laughs> crop <me>. duster. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but, yeah. um, crop dusting the new oh, movie. That's hilarious. But I, but, but, right. with, but with I have a, Yeah, go for it. Go but for with it. Luke's voice, I was just going to say that I think that it does. I think that what the trailer does for me is it supports some of the rumors that we've heard that it's Han's movie in terms of the legacy characters that that Luke may or may not even be in it to any great extent. Uh, this could be a search, not to say search for Spock, but search for Luke in a sense. Um, and that, you know, Leia may not even figure into it very, uh, you know, to any great degree. Um, Wait, hold on for just yeah, a second. Sure, no problem. Hey, no problem. Leonard, Leonard, we shut up, Leonard. <laughs> Normally, it's shut Kyle's up. dogs that are getting the cameo oh, on the bike. It's so embarrassing. Not at all. See, I. The, sorry, this is a this is a rescue that just appeared in my yard that I've had here for a month, and he's a lovely oh, guy, wow. but he certainly loves to bark. Anyway, go on. Sorry, yeah, no, it's all right. It's all right. So I just th- felt like the trailer did validate a lot of the rumors and things that we'd we'd heard about, but um, I do I do love the the fact that. Um, there's all this speculation about Luke's dialogue because and Sam, you were, you, you were kind of quick to say, no, nah, I just think they are just lifting out of the movie, but they did go to the trouble of changing up the dialogue a little bit. So they did a little c- cut and paste. So if they were willing to do that, why about why the present tense with Vader? Well, I mean, you can't change Mark Hamill's dialogue from 30 years ago. If you're going to use that dialogue, it's my father has it because Vader was alive at the time. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I look, if there's some appearance of a, of a ghost Anakin in some form, I, I mean, maybe they got another actor who's looks like Sebastian Shaw, or maybe there is, you know, <laughs> some sort of Hayden cameo or even just an image. Anything would be would be wonderful because it's uh you know, especially after the Yoda arc and the Clone Wars, like what does that all mean with the blue glowies? You know, that's a rare event. And are we, you know, with Clone Wars being canon and everything, are we uh, are we going to be honoring that legacy? Well, I sure hope um, so. I sure hope so. This is this is why I say, like, I want to hear I want to hear JJ say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. right, as much respect yeah. as I have for this guy, I, you know, I, I'm not sure how he feels about the prequels, and and it doesn't, it shouldn't. It shouldn't matter how he feels about the prequels because he's, he can do the movie he wants. But if he's a smart guy, if he's as smart as we hope he is, he's, he's going to not be giving the finger to the fans of those movies, right? right. And, the th- and the thing is, is that it's so far in the future of Return of the Jedi that it's like, you don't, you don't really need much, but like a line here and there, you know, or like, or just, mm. just adherence to the thematic elements that, that it brought in, which doesn't really need to be in the way of any modern story you're telling it really sure. that that doesn't need to do that you know i mean i remember uh kyle newman pitching me on what he thought the new movie should be and that's that once luke brought balance to the force or luke and his father or, or maybe his father who once balance of the force was achieved luke absented himself from the uh from galactic affairs and didn't you know, necessarily I've- create a new jedi order because he's like well that really did get us into some trouble and I don't think they were doing it right, you know, and all, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then eventually he's called back into action as an old man who hasn't picked up a lightsaber in many years. And uh, I, I just kind of loved that idea, you know, one, because it had sort of an unforgiven thing. It was an old Western, right? Yeah. yeah. And Star Wars roots with Westerns are great. But the other thing is that it, it honored the tradition of, of 
what the prequels brought to the table in terms of deepening the mythology. You know, I mean, if the prequels do anything, it's making Luke Skywalker into an even bigger hero. If anyway, I can just sorry. expand a little bit on that, Sam, and this is something that was a, a topic for debate that was brought up to us, Jason, if you remember. We were, um, we were having a private tour of The Force Awakens props before the doors opened. I think it was on Friday or Saturday. And someone approached us and said, how many lightsabers did Luke Skywalker leave the Death Star 2 with in his possession? And so I thought long and hard. I said, well, of course, he left with his lightsaber. But we're left to assume that he walked out of there with his lightsaber. I think that moment when he threw it away and informed the Emperor that, that he actually is, is not succeeding in, in his desire to turn Luke over to the dark side because Luke is, is putting down his arms. Could that be a moment in Luke Skywalker's life where he, it was a pivotal moment for him where he really did put down his arms forever? Did he leave that, that lightsaber on well, well, you know, I hate, to, I hate to burst your bubble because I now really, wait. no, I was super, you know, I was super interested in this whole question, but, um, uh, do we see it hanging from his belt on Endor? Hanging from his belt on Endor. Uh, yep. Yep. Uh, here it is. <laughs> dangling right between his legs. Uh, you went and researched this after. See, I haven't I been able to yeah. watch the film since I got home I, I did. and uh, I've just been so busy getting caught up on all the celebration coverage, which by the way has been massive and there's been a lot of it on starwars.com so you can actually see everything you missed pretty much by uh checking out all of their stuff they have like 30 hours of video coverage from the event so i've been watching that but jason yep man you beat me to the research and you went back and you looked I at did, it i did i did but i but i but i i love Damn. the idea i love that idea that he does throw down and i mean it's a it's such a beautiful moment when he realizes that that's the time that he truly becomes a jedi he has defeated evil and but he doesn't have to kill it he's defeated it there's a difference and um i just it's it's a beautiful moment it i i don't think though that it was you know so long farewell forever i think that luke was a smart enough guy to realize that the battle had yet to be, or excuse me, the war had yet to be won. This was one battle. And I think what we're going to find out as, uh, you know, with Battlefront and the Battle of Jakku, there's some news about that in the last day or two, including uh, appearance of Boba Fett. I don't know if you guys saw that. But at any rate, that that is going to be, you know, a big battle that um, takes place immediately after uh, Endor. So I think that Luke... I don't think Luke would give up on his friends or the Alliance just because his own personal mission had succeeded. Oh, there you yeah, go. And, okay, uh, so... He, go he, ahead, you know, Clearly, the, the lightsaber is part of the Jedi tradition, and, uh, you know, they, they are peacekeepers. But I think what Luke was doing was... Under, you know, I mean, the Jedi had become generals in the Clone Wars, and the Jedi had done a bunch of things that were just really not great. And Luke was saying, okay, no, I'm, we're, we're getting back to, to basics here. I'm a Jedi, yeah. and, and ultimately a Jedi would never participate in this. So I'm tossing my weapon away. This mm. is we're, – we're peacekeepers. We're not soldiers. We're not warlords. We're not any of those things. Um, so, yeah, sorry. No, sorry. no, that's no, right. Not, 
I, yeah. I do want to. I do want to because I'm, I'm sure I can hear it already. The people screaming at their uh, at their speakers because um, I do, we do want to talk about the the, the trailer. And I want to mention just real quick. The first thing that we're treated to is a new logo treatment for Lucasfilm. And if you have downloaded the digital editions of the movies, that's what you see. A lot of people were concerned that it was going to be that it was going to be the Disney logo opening the films, but they have kept the Lucasfilm logo. Um, of course, what is missing? Uh, from the trailers and no one's really mentioned this but we used to get the 20th century fox fanfare prior to the trailers in some instances um so that is gone we have the new lucasfilm logo so um i think that i don't know sam have you had a chance to see the digital copies and the new um the replacement for the uh for the 20th century fox fanfare you know i didn't even look at the uh at the logo that's that's i do have the digital copies but i didn't look at the logo yeah so the films open with um it's it's been used quite a bit. It's a it's a part of. Sorry, <laughs> my wife has no respect. What's she calling me now? Does she know what I'm doing? Um, there's a there's a bit that they used in the f- episode one trailer um, that's actually the the end titles for Empire Strikes Back that ends in that huge crescendo, and then the stinger at the end, and that's what they're using for uh, the new. I guess you could say the new fanfare, the, the uh, replacement of the fanfare. And that's, again, that's in the digital copies. We don't see that with the trailer, but we do see the new Lucasfilm logo. I wonder if that's going to be actually the standard for all Lucasfilm Star Wars releases going forward. I, you know, I didn't think it was anything special, but it, I, I felt like it was effective enough. I felt like um, it, it gave you that prominent fanfare that you expect before a Star Wars film kicks off with the famous words a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So, um, you know, I, I was never one to get all wound up about the nostalgia and tradition of the 20th century Fox fanfare. I know, I know. Uh, maybe some people uh, lost a little respect for me by saying that. But um, I, I just am so happy with the fact that Star Wars is progressing into a new era I'm willing to give up some of the uh, the mainstays of the past up. Uh, it, it, you know, it is a is sort of a um, a, a trade off. But um, I think I think the it's the movie that matters at the end of the day, and and I'm fine with this new little fanfare they created, even though I really don't find it to be anything special. Now, Sam, I just uh, texted Jimmy the uh, the new opening, and he can forward that text over to you. So you can take a look at it. That's it. Just I just recorded it right off my TV because I was so I was so surprised and shocked by it. like oh yeah of course they're not going to use this on the on the new movies. But uh, at any rate, Jimmy, oh, yeah. send to yeah. me, my friend. Send to okay. Me. I am. I'm still waiting. Did you text? It I to did. Me, I did. You should have it in just a second. So after we get past that, we're seeing the desert plains. This was another little bit of controversy. Um, I think the fans were so myself included, so wanting this to be Tatooine. Um, I wonder but, why. <laughs> well, it might have uh, something why? to do with some Macquarie elements that we saw in uh, some of those Abu Dhabi picks, but apparently this is another desolate desert planet called Jakku. And for anyone who was doubting this, uh, Pablo Hidalgo was um, quick to uh, post online. Guys, it's spelled J-A-K-K-U, not T-A-T, you know, whatever you spell that. <laughs> uh, so he, he was very quick to point that out. So we see this desert planet. A lot of people are saying, why another desert planet? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. And um, it pans. Yeah, the, the, Go ahead, Sam. Sorry. I, I just got to. That, that is a criticism I have that that 
up until now, do you guys remember when Geonosis showed up and people were saying that was too similar to Tatooine? Oh, I still feel um, that way. Yeah, yeah. And Geonosis had kind of orange sand and reddish skies. And, and it's like, I, I, there's, there's a visual rule that's been violated here. You know, you should not make another planet look indistinguishable from the most iconic planet in Star Wars, the one that's shown up in the most movies, the one that has the most like significance to Star Wars. It's, you know, it, maybe there is some sort of reason for it. I'm going to wait to see the movie, yeah. but you couldn't have made the sky green. Well, when I was yeah, watching, I remember, the, you know, I remember watching episode two for the first time. And when they, they're cutting between Geonosis and Tatooine, right before the, um, Anakin's attack on the uh, the Tuscan settlement, and I remember seeing Anakin perched up there watching the Tuscans. The Tuscans. I thought, how did he get on Geonosis already? Because you, you yeah. were seeing it at night, and that's it was confusing. It yeah, was confusing. It Those was. two similar environments, and then you also have to spend time explaining to your audience why Jakku isn't Tatooine, because right. that's going to be the question that's going to be asked. Because everyone's going to instantly think that that is Tatooine. Now, fans... Well, and I guess it. that's my question, is like, you, why not just call it Tatooine? Maybe, why not maybe just call huge, it Tatooine? You know, like, and one, one could say, well, maybe there was a huge battle there, and why would they fight over Tatooine? But on the other hand, a lot of significant events took place on Tatooine, you know? I yeah, mean, Jabba yes. had a huge criminal organization there, and Luke is from there, and Vader is from there, and Obi-Wan Kenobi lived there, and, you know, there, there could be something significant about that place that drew the Empire there and caused a big battle. Who knows? Right. That's but anyway, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm withholding judgment to see the film, but I hope that it wasn't just a situation where, well, we want a planet like Tatooine, but we don't want it to be Tatooine, so let's <laughs> just call it, you know, I, I hope it's not that. So we'll yeah. see. Now, some fans have brought up the fact that this could be one of those infamous J.J. Abrams smoke screens a la Khan, and we actually are seeing Tatooine. So you think for- this is SETI Alpha 6, <laughs> not SETI Alpha 5? This is SETI Alpha 5! SETI Alpha 5! SETI Alpha 6 exploded in the Battle of Jakku. I'm like, ah, oh. got it. Okay. Uh, Sam, yeah, so one of these we, days, you and I, we have to do a commentary on Wrath of Khan, okay? Yeah. Oh, are you yeah. kidding, dude? Come on. Set it up. I don't. Let's do it. Rebel Force Radio, who cares? They can take a pause in their Star Wars to learn something about Star Trek. Let's do this. <laughs> All right, guys. That's on the calendar, whether you like it or not. But uh, that's definitely got to happen. But, I mean, could this be uh, maybe, right, the planet's name was changed at some point during the 30 years of civil war that continued beyond return of the jedi could this be a jj abrams smoke screen uh it just uh it, it it boggles my mind why they would take a planet that looks like tatooine smells like tatooine but it isn't tatooine so mm-hmm. um and also again the significance the planet has on the saga on a whole uh, why confuse it with another planet with exactly the same environment? Well, even if you well, look at the the speeder, which is in the background, which if you were at the convention, you had a, an opportunity to see it up close. We're assuming that this is uh, Ray's speeder, uh, Daisy Ridley's character. And um, it, it even has the same kind of paint job, and it almost looks of the same manufacturing as Luke's speeder in a way. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you... you Boy, it's just puzzling why they they make this a different planet altogether. But uh, let's talk about what we do see in this yes. trailer, and, and that that is a, uh, a star destroyer that is crashed into the sand. And uh, I don't know, Sam, if you've been looking at any uh, 
spoilers or leaked concept art, but this is an image that was showing up on some concept art that leaked to the internet uh, about six months ago with the crashed Star Destroyer. Right, yeah. <clears throat> so then in, 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 the, in the foreground, you have an X-Wing yeah. that has clearly been down too, and uh, I can't tell if it's... The, the old X-Wing now. Old, yeah. sc- well, old school, old style. Yeah, and if you look very carefully, you see Harrison Ford is indeed piloting that uh, <laughs> X-Wing. <laughs> yes, he's in there. <laughs> and, that's a, and, that's a, and that's a giant sand trap, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so uh, Super Star Destroyer or Standard Class? What do we – I can't – What, this, this yeah. Star Destroyer? Oh, that's an Imperator Class Star Destroyer. It's Standard. Oh, that's the Standard yeah. one. Okay. Because the, yes. the, yes. the yes. Super doesn't of- have the, the thing on the top. To jump ahead, yeah. well, okay, we'll, we'll get there. I think yeah. I think we see a Super Star Destroyer in this trailer, but I'm not yes. sure. I, I did a little research. I'm kind of with you on that one, Sam. All right, yeah. so that, that opening shot certainly um, sets the stage. We're looking at um, the, the ruins, the remains. One gets the sense of uh, Great Britain following World War II or, or, or Berlin after World War II. Um, I think there's a sense of wanting us to see devastation. And the the state of the galaxy, no? Right, right. Yes, absolutely. And the fact that the the fighting has been so powerful that a star destroyer can crash land on a planet. Um, imagine the scavenging possibilities uh, going through that thing room by room, seeing what you could find. I'm sure Hondo's it's been- dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> My <Yeah>. friends. <laughs> I would love to see that. I would love to see that. Now, there are rumors that um, – now, there are rumors, okay, that this, this crash site is, is – it was sort of the, um, the genesis of a development that grew up around um, these, these, these crash ships so that there was a settlement that was – and it could be some survivors. We don't know exactly what. But again, speculation only, rumors only – that that's what we're looking at here. And could Jakku be the name of that settlement on Tatooine? There could be ah. a loophole there. Well, they keep being pretty specific about the planet, the planet being called correct. Jakku. Yeah. And the first downloadable content that's going to be made available for Battlefront will be the Battle of Jakku. Featuring so, Boba Fett. Did you see that? Which is pretty interesting. Yes. So... um we uh, we have to assume unless that- of course unless of course Boba Fett was taken from a Tatooine battle because Boba Fett worked on Tatooine, you know. And and if I'm if I'm Dice, I can't believe my luck. I'm like, guys, 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 guys. I know that we've got all these classic trilogy planets, but what if we put a, a planet from the new trilogy in there? Like, well, we don't, dude. We don't have the resources. Oh, dude, yes, we do. Have you seen the concept there? They're like, well, what do you mean? Just take the Tatooine planet and call it Jack. Dude, we already did the work. It's done. Just call them all. We got this. We got this, guys. Well, what, when does it happen? It happens like two year, like a year after Endor. Really? So stormtroopers and Tatooine? Yes, it's done. Well, let's <laughs> let's 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 put a name on it and slap it in a DLC. This is great. So yes. yeah, Perfect. no, I, like that is not necessarily Boba Fett on Jakku. It could be Boba Fett on Tatooine. Uh, you know, who knows? Right. Who? What the original intent was, but. But at any well, rate, considering, this is, considering it's it's considering it is DLC, it's canon. They can they? Well, they can change the name in the eleventh hour, right before they release it. You know, you think you're going to get the Battle of Jakku, and then when you download it, it's actually the Battle of Tatooine. Am I right? You're absolutely I just don't, right. I guess we wouldn't understand why they would uh, be obtrusive in, in you know in terms of. 
obfuscating the truth in this situation. Right about that. Like the con thing I get. Like they want it to be a surprise, so they're saying, No, it's not con, it's not con. Okay, it's con. But this one it's like I I don't know. We we all assume it's tattooing for so for them to say it's not tattooing, I don't think JJ Abrams would do that. I think he'd be like, Yeah, it's tattooing. All right. The next thing that we see is the burnt melted helmet of Darth Vader. Now, this implies um, some things here. So the last we saw of Vader's Vader's helmet, it was being burned in the traditional funeral pyre on Endor. Who would have scavenged this thing? 30 years later, would that still be there 30 years later? Should we assume that it was was sniped quickly after? Uh, Was this... Did someone, you know, see this like sitting on the as a centerpiece in the Ewok village or what was going on? Yeah, or maybe I Luke mean, just took it with him. Maybe it was just a connection with Luke and his father. And someone someone who was researching the Sith might find that to, to be of value, you know, and, mm-hmm. and even Endor itself, you know, if there's any wreckage of the Death Star, if there's any trace, force trace of the Emperor, if there's any, you know artifacts left on the old base that blew up, you know, like anything at all, there would be a, probably a few compelling reasons at Endor. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. No, I, I like what you're saying, Sam, because I had heard rumors in the past, and this could be considered a spoiler alert. Uh, I think everything we talk about in this show might be considered a spoiler alert, but we had heard that Kylo Ren has been sort of you know going through the galaxy looking for Sith artifacts, and so this could be part of his collection. Is that right? Maybe this is hmm. yeah, this could be something that he discovered. Yeah. Whoops. Interesting. Did you hear that? Yeah, I did hear yeah, that. That's my brand new R two D two egg timer. Oh, I was sweet. Just <laughs> around with it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So we see the helmet. This was also part of some leaked imagery. So if you were paying attention to spoilers, um, this is not the first time you've seen it. First time it's been confirmed. Uh, Vader's helmet. Of course, the voiceover starts. Here we go. Now we have R2 and a cloaked figure, cloaked hooded figure. And this is at the point of the voiceover where you hear Luke Skywalker, Mark Hamill saying, I have it. So right. one would assume that this is Luke. Yeah, I think we can safely assume that. Um Question is, what happened to that synthetic flesh that covered his hand? After he got shot in Jedi, did it just kind of peel away? <laughs> what happened with that? Or, you know, maybe he just always left it open like that to be a constant reminder of what he could become. Ah, and, uh, yeah, and so uh, you see him. He's grabbing uh, R2's dome. And I was just so amazed by the, the visage of the hand reaching toward the dome that it, I just completely it, it got lost on me that hey we're seeing R two this is <laughs> yeah, our first right, look right. of R two well yeah. it's so funny it's it's nice to see R two but I am staring at the guy in the cloak because I'm like is, it's Luke is that Luke? it's got to be Luke. Really Luke it's got to be, be Luke. Luke and what about the and planet what about well, let's the, talk the, about the, the environment. environment what are we seeing here uh, are, is he standing by uh, a campfire or is it uh, Mustafar? like in, in the fact that it's another lava planet or is it Mustafar? Silence. It's a, uh, it's a uh, Plantano, which is a planet that looks just like Mustafar. <laughs> yeah. Every planet is just, yeah, it's all derivative. The whole thing is derivative, but uh, no, you know what? I, gosh, I don't know. I, I'm so compelled with the idea of Luke Skywalker visiting 
Mustafar. Do you say Mustafar or Mustafar? Sometimes I slip into like Mustafa. I, I pronounce it like Mustafar. You know okay. what? You know what, Jim? I'm I'm ba- I'm I'm boy. We're really looking at this. Or I'm lo- really looking at this in depth. Um, I don't believe this is Mustafar. Actually, no. Yeah, no um, if you look look to the right of, yes. of Luke, I mean, it's mm-hmm. very dark and blue and cool. And whatever this fire is, it's warming things up on the left. You know. Yeah. So he's by a campfire. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a can- he's he, like Stay puff marshmallows are being roasted <laughs> as we speak. Yeah, R two. Yeah. What you don't see is R two getting that stick out and uh, right. And there's a marshmallow at the end of it. Yeah, it's s'mores. Yeah. I got s'mores going. Yeah, space s'mores. Uh, <laughs> now, all right. Now here's the one. Here's the shot that I find some disagreement with some of the fans, and maybe I'm just misinterpreting what what they're saying. But they're like, "Oh, look at the alien hand." I don't yeah. see an alien hand. Is there I an do. alien? What? Yeah, that looks alien in nature to me. Um, You're talking about like like when they hand over the lightsaber. Anakin's lightsaber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, I don't. Is it an alien? Know what talking about? No, it looks pretty human to me. Yeah, it does. Me too, Jim. What are you seeing? I'm seeing an alien hand. I'm seeing it, it's coming from someone who is uh, very short in stature. Well, that doesn't that make us all aliens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the? But it it does. It, it looks like the skin is is kind of brownish orange. Um. Some of the the things I've heard about who that character could be is uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character, which is going to be entirely in CGI, which surprises me because Lupita looks amazing on screen. (laughs) Why would you want to hire her to play a completely CG character? But that's just some of the things I've been hearing, and it's not really confirmed. But, yeah, that that hand looks alien in nature to me. I don't know, man. uh, The hand doesn't look alien. What I do see at the top right, is perhaps an alien face now that I'm look, you know, I'm scrubbing through this and looking real closely. Um, but the hand to me looks very human. I'm with Sam on that. Uh, the light. Oh, okay. Sa- I see what you're saying about this face. There's something, something up there. Yeah. Like a bug eyed creature of some sort. The, of course the lightsaber unmistakable that this is Anakin slash Luke's lightsaber. The one that was lost in the uh, battle of uh, the, the duel between him and Vader on cloud city. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, this is the point in the voiceover where we hear him say, my sister has sister it. Has it. Oh, yes. thank you, Sam. Um, so this, could this be Carrie Fisher uh, as yes. Princess Leia? I'm saying yes. And the thing about the lightsaber in this film is that's the sort of thing that threads everything together. The lightsaber gets passed along from character to character. As a matter of fact, Jason, we even saw some concept art at Celebration of this very same saber hanging off of Finn's jacket. That's correct. So John John Boyega definitely has possession of this lightsaber. I think we're going to follow this light until it eventually leads us to Luke Skywalker. I got to say something about this prop. Um, You know, for I I, okay. So so I'm I'm very familiar with with this prop and and how it's constructed. And um, they it it's obvious it's a it's an old flash bulb uh, handle from yes. back in the day that they added a bunch of stuff to. Um, if you look closely at the base of the hilt, um, or, you know, the base of the, where the hand grip is, there's little screws that the rubber hand guards, yeah. which is a, uh, a modification that they had in the empire strikes back, but not a new hope. Right. So that makes sense. Cause it was, it was lost in empire strikes back. But the thing that gets me about this is I'm looking at this, this prop and, they they rebuilt it for Revenge of the Sith, but they made it sort of, you know, like like they made it in this form factor, but they changed certain details to make it less flash bulb and more 
anymore, it was always a lightsaber, right? Mm -hmm. And I can't really describe like exactly what those uh, modifications were because they're, you know, I mean, I would have to go through and, but, but if you see pictures of what Hayden Christensen was carrying and this, this looks way more like they actually got a flash bulb and made it into a lightsaber, right? It looks very much like they went and duplicated one for one the original prop, which was made of a flash bulb. Like they didn't, you know, for Revenge of the Sith, they machined it and they, and they did things that, you know, it was like sculpted out of resin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they they matched they matched those details, but they made it a little bit more like no, this is it was meant to be this way, and this is how it was built. And these things are not the flash holders; these are things that come out and they do this. And you know, so there were like little alternate details, but this looks very much as if they went back to the original uh, prop, which yeah, is yeah, back neat. to the back to the source ingredients that made sure. the original prop happen. And it's funny you bring that up, Sam, because I know that original set designer decorator uh roger christian was actually called on for some consultation by the uh, prop department and this could be very significant in the fact that his services were called on because he is the guy who actually created the first lightsaber piece by piece he is and and i encourage everyone to uh who's downloaded the uh the, the digital versions of the films and some of those that new material includes uh roger uh, with J.W. Rensler looking through the archives, and there's a moment where he talks about the lightsaber and exactly how he came up with it. Because in this particular yeah. piece, they finally found one of the uh, one of the shafts, one of the rods that they used in the making of A New Hope, and it fit it like a glove. So they knew it was. And this, they're still finding yeah. things. So, well, the other yeah. the other thing is also if you look at the bottom of the lightsaber, it's got a uh, belt loop hook. It's got a little um, loop on it at the mm-hmm. bottom of the lightsaber. Anakin's lightsaber didn't have that because at that point they had the these little belt fasteners where you can just cop, pop them on your belt. So they weren't like swinging around. They were more fastened to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it makes sense that whatever version of the prop you'd have, it would have to meet one for one what it looked like in The Empire Strikes Back, right? Because, uh, you know, if, if you go with story and, and you justify it that way, then little modifications to this lightsaber could have happened over the years, right? So um, I mean, are we discounting the possibility that this could be the actual prop from Empire? Oh God, very well could be. (laughs) Very well could be. Like you know, it's it's for um, Attack of the Clones. I remember you know like the three PO suit, which the the trashy version of three PO was a refurbished Empire Strikes Back suit. And you're like, oh well, they yeah, if they can reuse something, they definitely do. Yeah, could be a master replicas version too. Could be. Those are pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, they are. All right, so then after that, this Christmas, a brand new font that's being introduced uh, to the Star Wars um, iconography, this font that we're seeing on this title treatment for this Christmas, which is the same as the title, The Force Awakens. Uh, Ah, and the X-Wings over water. We're getting a little bit more of what we saw in that first teaser, something brand new we've never seen before. Uh, And George was a big fan of different environments and love to see them, well, at least in the original trilogy, love to see them <laughs> um, in contrast with one another. And here we see a, um, a, a desert, or excuse me, not desert, rather a, a kind of a jungle, more tropical uh, environment with um, a big body of water and the love, the wake being created by these X-Wings. It's so cool. Yeah, it's a very earthly environment for sure. Uh, just, you know, judging on this wide shot of the X-Wings <laughs> approaching. Um, I love the fact that 
it's a handful of X-Wings flying in and not 50 of them, you know? Right. I, it, it, it brings it much more down to a, a, a more realistic level of things, and it helps you focus in. It makes it a more intimate shot despite all the action and, and you know, high-octane speed. And then you cut away to the, uh, to the uh, cockpit and Poe Dameron's in there, and he's... He's yelling, yo, yeehoo. Yo, that is that is original trilogy oh, Jack Koo. He's no, yelling yeah, Jack Koo. Yeah. Jack Koo. Yeah. <laughs> See, we weren't lying. It's Jack Koo. That's what they're saying. Oh, the planet. Oh, yeah, that's Tatooine. And uh, so he's got that new looking X-Wing pilot helmet on mm. that seems to be kind of a a loose fit on Paul, <laughs> if you notice. <laughs> It's uh yeah yeah um it's got the blast shield down too so no jet yeah yeah so but I mean that just you know that captures a lot of the energy and a lot of the attitude Mm -hmm. and a lot of the hot shot pilot attitude that we had in the original trilogy and of course the iconic framing of the shot there of them in the in the cockpit I mean that never changes and um it's great to see that it's definitely Star Wars okay and. Um, now we start the montage where things really get fast. Um, we see that new lightsaber with the, uh, I always forget what those things are called on the hilt. The little, uh, the guards, they call them guards with the little, uh, lit saber guards on the, on the ends. I think they got cross guards. It's a cross guard. I hope that this lightsaber is, is sort of a home built primitive. He didn't have the right components for it. We saw the prop, for example, at Celebration, and uh, the prop looked very primitive, and yeah. that's that's what I'd like this to be. You know, like I, I, uh, I don't like the idea that someone added a cross guard and, and created a lightsaber, and it's like, look, it's even better than the other ones. And, and the cross guard, they haven't even thought about that. You're like, well, the Jedi <laughs> were around for like twenty five thousand years. I'm sure they thought of it. You know, like especially with how sticky lightsabers are. You know that they they lock into each other. We see that in the Empire Strikes Back with Luke having to yank his lightsaber off of Darth Vader's. Um, so I'm I'm hoping that this is a, a homebrew lightsaber because that frankly is as a story point way more interesting to me. Oh, I agree. You know? Well, you know, um, and as I mentioned, I had heard that the character of Kylo Ren is a guy who goes out in search of ancient Sith artifacts. So I'm hoping that this is kind of a primitive Sith saber. You know, when we look at the museum displays of medieval weaponry at the museum, we are always left saying, how the hell did they wield that stuff? You see these broadswords that must weigh 200 pounds. How do they, how do they work with that kind of thing? Well, um, I think this is a, a similar situation here where you're dealing with an ancient lightsaber uh something that does belong in a museum it's it's not practical to use in the current times but if the character of kylo ren is this sort of sith wannabe like i've been hearing this could be his only lightsaber so he is he's forced to use it he has to use it because that's the only option he has indeed right i love the idea that lightsabers are kind of hard to come by you know and, and lightsaber crystals and all that i mean you know we uh we made a point of it when we were doing darth maul that um, you know, he only had the half of his lightsaber that they recovered, and that the other half was just gone. And you know, and people ask, well, why doesn't he build that back? And Dave Filoni was like, because that's hard. And we never like got into it more than that. But but we basically just just put forward the idea that this is you know, unless you're very well connected or something, 
you're you're in trouble if you want a lightsaber. Yeah, I, I don't think that they should be as common as a as a blaster. I, I think they should no. be uh, special and very and not easy to make. Not anybody with a kyber crystal and you know a flash bulb, whatever. Can do it. Yeah, yeah. Not even yeah. the 1930s press with a lightsaber crystal should not be able to. Definitely yeah. not. All right, so they're trying to make a lightsaber here. <laughs> Sorry, and they have to talk like that, right? And they got the hat, you know, with the press and the. It's the old Jedi. It's the right. old Jedi with the press. Yeah. yeah. See. So um, yeah, you always have to end your sentence in C too. <laughs> but in Star Wars, in Star Wars, it could work because you'd be like, yeah, see, three PO. Yeah. All right. Moving on. All right. Moving so, on. so we've got some more shots here of what we assume are either Jakku or Tatooine, uh, Jakuine, and this is uh, Daisy Ridley's character of Ray. We see BB-8 uh, scurrying along behind them as an explosion happens, and well, there's a Tie Fighter in the sky shooting at them. Oh, I missed that. I missed that. There it I is. didn't catch that either. There it is. Good eye, Sam. Uh, the new TIE fighter. And we see um, Finn uh, sans armor wearing what we saw in d- on display at the uh, Force Awakens uh, exhibit there at Celebration, which is a, a jacket that's very reminiscent of Luke's in terms of the construction and the, the, the material. Of course, a different color scheme, but it's very reminiscent of Luke's at the end of uh, Star Wars A New Hope during the uh, ceremonial scene. And uh, I got to tell you, those are the, the pants he's wearing are the closest thing I've ever seen to jeans uh, in Star Wars. Well, keep in mind, Harrison Ford did wear blue jeans in Star Wars A New Hope. What? Those are actually, yeah, those are actually jeans with the uh, Carillion blood stripes stitched in the side and tucked into those high boots. But he's wearing blue jeans. Awesome. Awesome. I didn't know that. Awesome. All right. Um, so we see the explosion. We see Kylo Ren with a little force push here. And uh, the, here's another environment that looks quite fiery. Now, we don't know if that's a battle uh, or what's causing it. Looks like they're, or they're burning that. something. Or looks they're like burning. they're burning yes. something. Oh, yes. So it, may, it leads me to believe that, like, you know, that, that shot of Luke and R2, is that them investigating this site after Kylo Ren did something? And they're Ooh. like, who did this? Yeah. You know? Good call. Luke's, hot on the trail or something you know maybe that is how the narrative of this film is going to kind of unfold with luke working on his own and sort of staying a step ahead of everyone and then at the end of the movie they find him and that's when he gets reunited with the uh, core characters but with this shot here of the uh, uh, of whatever it is, a village that's uh, being incinerated. That's where you understand where the uh, flame troopers might come into play. Yeah, uh, yeah, the jerk troopers. Yeah, Dick troopers. the what? Yeah, uh, di- <laughs> jerk troopers. Man, they're just not. That's really uncool, man. You should. <laughs> well, you can say that about any trooper, really. But yeah. you notice. You notice that there are a bunch of citizens sort of rounded up right in front of these troopers, and it looks like they have their blasters drawn. And uh, that could be uh, the moment of truth for Finn. He might be among these troopers, and maybe he drops his arms and splits. And that's kind of what starts off his hero's journey, is the fact that he's walking away from the, the path that had been laid in front of him. And on moral re- for moral reasons, he, he's walking away from that, making him right. a wanted man. Yeah. Now, the next scene comes right out of the pages of history, very reminiscent of uh, Nazi Germany and something that was revealed. um, Well, we've got a brand new uh, emblem for a new faction. And that's something that we're hearing a lot about is factions in the uh, in the galaxy far, far away during the force among us time. And what remains of the empire is now the first order. Is that correct? 
Did I remember that right from the signage in the exhibit? Yes, order, I think. I yeah. yeah, first order. Yeah. So what we're seeing is uh, some sort of a show of force um, of the first well, order. We have troopers in the foreground. We have mm-hmm. an ice planet in the background, some sort of building. We see what look like Death Star ca- uh, cannon towers. By the way, yeah. JJ says that's definitely not Hoth. Just yeah. so you know, it's definitely not <laughs> Hoth. Awesome. That's wonderful. So then, and then you have what look like, okay, you have a TIE fighter, but the colors have been reversed. Now the, the panels, the quote-unquote solar panels are now white. Which, yes. before, you know, for a second I was like, but white doesn't work for solar panels. It reflects all the, all the light. And then you go, oh, I'm missing the point. Whatever technology they're using. They're, not, they're obviously not using the same tech that they're using here in California to get everyone on solar. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I'm going to let that one go. It's kind of cool to reverse <laughs> the colors in the TIE fighter. You have a big red banner. You have a man standing in the center on this uh, – precipice uh looks like he was addressing the troops with a bunch of dignitaries to his right and left with some other troopers up there so there's some sort of thing going on here there's pomp and circumstance we think yeah there's yes it's like a nazi rally in nuremberg you know back in the 40s it's uh it has that that feel to it and of course the nazi colors are very prevalent which is something that lucas did intentionally in the original trilogy yeah he always said those colors yeah, I always said that the uh, the rebels were earth tones and the empire were colorless. They were black, white, and red. Now, is yeah. it me or do those ion cannons uh, in the background look? Boy, this looks like Hoth. Does this? <laughs> does this? Not, <laughs> man, it really does. I mean, you, no, no, no it's the, it's the it's the South Pole of Jakku. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I zoomed in on one. Uh, I zoomed in on one area here, and I clearly see a one arm. Umpa roaming around in the background. So I think this is hot. It may be. It may be. Um, Hey, you know what? You skipped over the close up of Kylo Ren's mask. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We talked about the force. Yeah. What about the mask intrigues you? Well, you know, number one, in. in this, uh, it, at least the screen grab I'm looking at from the uh, from the uh, trailer, which I'm looking at, uh, SlashFilm.com, um, it, it appears that it's missing some of the detail in the lower part of the mask that was so obvious when we looked at it on the prop display at uh, Star Wars Celebration. Now, that could just be the lighting, but it looks much more smoothed out. Whereas the bottom part of the mask appeared to be more pocketed and uh, on, gonna... more of a designed to it yeah i'm gonna now I'm gonna the, do a little comparison here now the top part of the mask the framing around the eyes where it appears you have um three four metallic semi rings going around the mask it's a very egyptian in its uh appearance in my opinion i th- you know what jim as i look at the photo that you captured in the exhibit there's almost a plo coon look to this mask if you if you think about the way the eyes and the the piece that goes down around the nose and the mouth i don't i just for the first time i'm getting hints of uh plo Koon. Huh. i'd like to put the two masks together and kind of get a I feel mean, I, for when, it. when i look at this whole get up the mask and the costume and everything it looks very much like darth revan which ain't a bad thing oh it's very eu guys i mean this looks. I guess it would be hard, given that you have thirty years of design going into 
uh, the expanded universe. But I, I'm with you, Sam. I think this looks this. I don't want to be a bad person, but this looks like it could be uh, virtually any um, nameless Sith from any video game over the last 30 years. But he's Philip not. Revan. No, <laughs> he's not. It's Kylo Ren. <laughs> Phil it's Revan. Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Yeah, and he's going to be significant. Trust me on that. Oh. Hey, and, and, and if I could just go back to one more thing before we start moving forward. I, I don't want to continue this conversation without it being addressed. The dialogue from Luke, how, how, does, how do you apply the, and now you have it too, line? Who is he oh. addressing? Who do you think so? I think it's Daisy Ridley. I do, I do too. too. Yeah. yeah, okay. So unanimous. It's, it's unanimous. Yeah. <laughs> it is unanimous. Or, or, or it could be Finn. Or it could, could be Finn. Be Finn. I mean, it could be Finn. We do see him holding that lightsaber in the concept art. And then another thing to point out is Ray's her her, uh, her staff. It definitely appears to look a little bit like Maul's lightsaber shaft, the uh, the hilt. Um, did you take a close look at that, Sam? Uh, you know, I I I didn't. I didn't. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm looking at that now, Jim. Um, it's hard to make wow. out. In the- wow, you're right. Yeah. It's hard to make that out. In the, it almost uh, looks like if you took uh, two of Maul's hilts and then connected them, you know, put them on the end of you know another longer piece. Yeah. Um, could this be? Is this a rifle of some sort? It's is a double it a- double bladed lightsaber. It's a oh. it's a quadruple bladed lightsaber. <laughs> I tell you what, a chick that hot with a double bladed lightsaber. Oh man. <laughs> That is uh, wow! That's fantastic. If that's the case, I don't think it could be a, a a force pike. Maybe is this that's something that's been talked about in expanded universe? Sure, um, something that deflects lightsabers, perhaps, um, or is it well, just think, whatever her weapon is? There, living on her own in the yeah wastelands. Of, she she yeah. scavenged and was able to put together. But I do think that weapon has some legitimate significance. Hmm. Yeah, all right. If it is a weapon at all, uh, let's see here. Okay, moving on. We've got uh, there's the uh, uh, close up of Daisy Ridley. We don't know what she's looking at. They're panning away. Um, she's holding something which is almost crystal like. Do you guys see that? Yes. Uh, or someone's holding it up for her to see. Uh, again, almost crystal like. Um, the the two ties. Uh, Jim, um, as as Sam pointed out, the, the white you've talked about these being almost translucent. These um, these panels on the X wing, or excuse yeah, me, on the Tie like, Fighters, on the, on the Tie Fighters. I felt like this that was something that was really sort of uh, missed by a lot of people who saw the the first teaser trailer, um, specifically when it appeared to be uh, when, when it was when when the the ties were approaching the Falcon in the first one. The the solar fin panels appeared to be translucent in quality to me, almost where you could see light shining through it. Um, and as I look at some of these screen grabs from the trailer, especially the ones happening within the hangar, um, you see ties exploding. And it almost appears to be that way. Now, I don't know if it's just reflecting off the panels themselves or if you actually can get sunlight through them, making them translucent in quality. But um, it's a cool design. And Sam, you know, like you said, they've, they've they give us a negative image of what the uh, uh, original TIE Fighters look like. And it looks like the uh, fins are 
a little bit smaller too, like uh, the original Ralph McQuarrie design, like the the original Kenner toy. And the I'm not sure that, about that. I'm not nope, sure about that. You don't the, think the so? The wings. I'm looking at it. The wings look to be the same proportion um, okay. as they did before. Uh, uh, the and the actual cockpit and everything looks to be chrome plated, kind of like the Chrome Trooper coming up. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, guys, when you look at this uh, shot that Jenny was mentioning, about what appears to be a battle inside the hangar, it's hard to get a, uh, a sense of who, the, who they're firing at. I, I, well, it looks like troopers against troopers right there. It, it does. Yes, exactly. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm seeing. Trooper versus trooper here. Um, but I'll tell you what jumps out at me is... If there is CG going on, boy, you can't tell. This looks so. This looks so real, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, I think it looks very real. You know, you clearly see in one shot. There's a Tie Fighter opening up fire on the other troopers within the the hangars and actually shooting at the the Tie Fighters that are parked within the hangars. Yeah. It, it goes by so fast, it's hard to see. But um, yeah, this definitely looks like. Trooper on trooper action, and uh, I, I, you know, um, we've heard about two facets of the empire in existence at this time. Could there be a new order and mm. the original empire? Are we witnessing some civil war going on here amongst the empire the itself? Of the empire. Yeah. Um, I love this shot of uh, John Boyega's character Finn removing the helmet. Uh, here's something we have never really seen. Uh, the blood. Uh, the blood. There, there's one moment in Jedi where when, when Leia gets shot on the, at the bunker, you do see blood. But, man, never as ghostly or as, as, as ghastly as this where it's actually the fingers um, on, a, on the helmet. You guys see that? Crazy. Yeah. Don't you get blood when Walrus Man's arm gets chopped off? Do you get or- blood? I think you get Yeah, you did. Or- you yeah, did. Okay. That's before they realized lightsabers cauterized. Yeah. But, yeah, like some <laughs> there's uh, some sort of bloody handprint. Almost Sev-like on his helmet. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. Um, so here we see a very distressed uh, Finn. Um, it, it, obviously during battle here or right after battle. Ah, Sam, here's your Super Star Destroyer, I believe. No, no? that's not the one I was this talking is, about. Okay, this is standard class. Yeah. This, right. Well, no, this is not standard class. That's a new design right there. something new we're seeing? Okay. Totally, new. New, totally new. You have to imagine right. it's probably bigger. Maybe it's as big as a Super Star Destroyer. Maybe it's bigger than an Imperator class. Who knows? But it's... It looks more like an Imperator class than a Super Star Destroyer. The Super Star Destroyer was long and dagger-like. This one is a bit chunky like the uh, standard class. Now, the ship's coming in. uh, looks like a brand-new design, right? The one looks like a bat as it sort of unfolds its wings a la the uh, Imperial shuttle from Return of the Jedi. Hmm. You know, a design we've seen repeated time and time again in Star Wars. Um, But... Gosh, it looks like a bat to me, you know, and uh, those Ooh, other yeah, ships. Yeah, that one's definitely different. Yeah, Jim, you're right. And then look closely at those other ships. They almost look like mini Star Destroyers in a way. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, you they know, I, they're so hard to make out, but uh, they almost appear to ha- be similar in design, but much smaller than your typical Star Destroyer. Uh, right. Now we get into the Chrome Trooper. Yeah, the king of the Stormtroopers, apparently. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or Queen. Or, or Queen. Queen. Yeah. Could be uh, Gwendolyn Christie's character, I think, is who we're seeing here. A stormtrooper storm with a cape. With a cape, yes, armor. with a cape. Or, um, you know, he, uh, the helmet comes off and it's Billy D in there. 
Billy D. That's <laughs> it's, it's uh, Lando in disguise. Gotta have the key. <laughs> um, there looks to be like some sort of a cloth to his left or to the character's right. We see it on the left side of the screen, so maybe part of the um, the decoration here and whatever we're looking at. Um, but very very familiar interior design. Oh, in this shot, you know, this reminds me so much of. Uh, R2 on Dagobah when he lifts himself up to look inside uh, Yoda's hovel. This, you know, obviously a very vulnerable BB-8 looking around the corner. And just the amount of personality guys that we're already seeing in this little guy is just astonishing. I love it. Yeah, it's good stuff. You know, there's been a lot of talk about BB-8. And uh, well, it's so impressive to actually see BB-8 on stage with uh, JJ and Kathleen and to see it move around. And, you know, a lot of people are speculating, is it magnets holding his head on? What's the deal? But it's far more impressive than I ever thought that that character would be. Now, here's the thing about BB-8. Some people have speculated online that it could be possible that BB-8 has feminine programming and you would refer to it as a she but jason you and me did confirm with guys who were on the crew who actually created bba we had a a private conversation with a couple of the guys and they told us uh there's no question about it bb is a boy so um a bouncing that, baby boy. Yeah, so that has to end all the speculation that uh, BB-8 has feminine programming. Definitely uh, like R2 masculine in uh, as far as the uh, programming goes for the droid. Did you, did you ever think that that was a possibility, Sam, that BB-8? No, I, think it's a, I think it's an awesome possibility, but um, I guess no. I guess he's a, he's a chick. He's a girl. Yeah. He's a guy. No, he's a what? He's a guy. That chick is a, a dude. Guy. Yeah, That chick is a dude. Dude looks like a lady. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Aerosmith. Yes. And then we have uh, Daisy Ridley picking up a dirty John Boyega. Yeah, he looks shocked and confused. Uh, This could be uh, the very beginning of the raid on that uh, desert outpost where we see the TIE fighter in the previous shots uh, flying in and uh, blasting the place up. Maybe that's after the first salvo. and. and Ray reaches out to uh, to Finn. Now you know it, it kind of you, you wonder: uh, is she helping him reluctantly? Uh, did what? What is their relationship like prior to this moment? It almost looks like that this is the moment where Ray is saying, "Hey, we're in this together. Uh, you know, we have to stick together." Um, they might not have had that sort of relationship or connection prior to this moment. Yeah, and that's earlier in the trailer, they just didn't have that relationship earlier. And in, in the other trailer, they just didn't have it. But now in this trailer, we've seen some real character growth from these two. It's very exciting. <laughs> they're, they're, in the trailers alone, we are witnessing character growth. So, well, uh, Sorry, guys, I had to step away from the mic for a minute. But I, I, <clears throat> before we leave the BB-8 shot, um, this is the Falcon. This is the hallway of the Falcon. Did you notice this? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you those, see the uh, ads, and you see the ladder leading to the gunwell. Yeah, for, you know, going up, going down. Exactly. I'm jazzed about what we're hearing that the technology that they used to create BB-8 is so cost-effective that we're looking at a fully functioning, um, at least in terms of the mobility, uh, BB-8 toy that'll be on the market that'll be controllable by your smartphone. Oh, I've heard, heard about, about that. that. Yeah, that's going to be like awesome. It. Yeah. Let's do it. Sign me up. All right. Um, all right. So Daisy Ridley, uh, nice beauty shot. And then, as you guys mentioned, this is extending the hand. Um, now, what's interesting, at this moment, 
So we can assume maybe that Finn has already left. He's not. He's not in his uh, in his armor here. He may have already left whatever um, uh, 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 group he was with. What are, what are they? What are they? They're not battalions. They're the you know, um, legion. No, no. <laughs> whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. Platoon. Platoon. Whatever. Grouping that he was with. All right. <laughs> And then we cut into um, the chase, which we saw a little bit of this in the first teaser of uh, the Falcon and some TIE fighters in pursuit. But uh, we, we did not think, see it entering the, the butt, the ass end of the uh, Star Destroyer. I think this go. is a super Star Destroyer. Upside yes. down. Ah, I think it's upside, upside down. Yes, ah. because the, the engines of the Star Destroyer, the, in the center, there's three. And if you can look in this frame, there's three of them. The scale is right. And they're cowled from above by a big shelf of ship. And if you look below the engines, there's a big shelf of ship coming up underneath them. So I th- and, and then there's also, you can see off in the distance, more engines that would be where the Super Star Destroyer's en- other engines would be if this were flipped upside down. I think it's, it, in terms of, look, it could be seen before, it could be any number of things. But if it's a ship we've seen before... The only thing that matches this would be um, a Super Star Destroyer flipped upside down that went down and crashed upside down. Amazing. That's some great CSI work there, Sam. I like you that. Like yes. that? I like you like that? I like that? Yeah. I mean, the other thing I was like, uh, could it be a Venator-class Star Destroyer? But like the scale, I think, is wrong. Mm. Um, I think it is. I think the scale is wrong. I don't know. It seems too small to me to be a superstar destroyer. Now, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with it. I, I don't I know, think man. Wait a minute. Now, now think about the proportions. I think, I think, as Sam was right. Now, you do see in Empire, you do see the uh, the Millennium Falcon attached to a superstar yep. destroyer. We no, 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 not a superstar no? destroyer. No. A standard star destroyer. That's the standard. If, here, okay. Here, I'm going to do something really nerdy right now. <laughs> I have oh, like podcasting not, for two hours about oh, a twenty-minute trailer. Is it nerdy enough? This is going to get <laughs> hold worse. on, guys. I, I uh, um, um, <laughs> the guy at the Star Destroyer Project, uh, Lee, yes. created a Star Destroyer for me, and he created a little Falcon all in scale. Uh, I'm going to go and look at the Falcon versus the engines, and the fact is, the Falcon just could not get into those engines without crashing immediately. This has got to be. Scale of a superstar destroyer. Stand by. I'm going to check. All right. All right. All right. Oh, okay. Wow. That. He's going to. Yeah, he's got is, the real deal right yeah. there. I tell you what, is guys. He, don't be fooled by amateur analysis of this trailer going on uh, other websites and other podcasts. This you're not going to get any better um, analysis. Confirmed, gentlemen. Yeah. The star, there it is. This, <laughs> this is. These engine cones are much bigger than a standard star destroyer's engine cones. I love it. I love it. This just perfect. In. Superstar Destroyer is. on its back, uh, like a has to be. scared has to be. turtle. Look, look underneath the uh, the engines. You know that's that's the uh, the back part of the ship that goes that cowls the engines that goes over the engines. There All right. Go. All right. All right. Okay. CSI, Jack Ooze, All right. CSI. Now we see the uh, the new version of the uh, the Tie Pilot, uh, which is very shiny. Uh, maybe some of that chrome plating that Sam was talking about before. Some people are speculating the stripes, the red stripes on his helmet are actually part of the deco, but I disagree. I think it is the light. From I think within. it's reflection. Yeah, it's reflection. Yep. Yep. I think it's an what do you think, Sam? Oh, Sam's oh, still playing say. with the Star Destroyer. Oh, hard to say. 
He's got the action figures out now. Uh, all right, so here we see the, the the we've seen the Falcon wielding its way throughout asteroids, uh, throughout the the innards of the of the Death Star too. But we've never seen it actually inside a Super Star Destroyer. How cool is that? As it's blasting its way out, uh, we even saw it in the belly of a ah uh, and the space uh, slug. Space, space slug. slug. Thank you. I, I was distracted by what's coming next. Um, <sighs> the, the shot. I, I would say the 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 two seconds of film uh, heard round the world. This may be one of I I, I said to Jim Sam. I, I maybe I'm overstating, but. I think this moment in this teaser trailer may be one of the most significant events in pop culture history. It, it, more than we've seen in, in a long, long time. Wow. Could be. I mean, the thing with these trailers is these are the first trailers we've seen since the original Star Wars where we really didn't know what the hell was going on. Yeah. You know, even with any of the prequel trailers, we still knew, well, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi and that's Anakin, and we generally know what the story is about this is a, this is a situation where you know empire strikes back we generally knew what was up return of the jedi we kind of knew who vader was all these people this we have no idea what's going on which is really uh significant for star wars well specifically you know, this- i'm referring to the reappearance yes. of of uh, harrison ford as han solo and uh well, peter mayhew as chewbacca then that's what i mean like yeah. but on top of that we don't this is the only Relevant in terms of like you know I'm not the only familiar with them but like we don't know what they've been up to we don't know why they have their guns drawn we know none of that stuff yeah they're clearly we didn't didn't read a book where we go oh and at some point yeah we know Han Solo has to rescue the Falcon from a pirate base you know we don't know any of that we just go what I don't know what's going on it's interesting Uh, they're on board the Falcon and um, you know this is probably Harrison's reaction to seeing that old cockpit for the first time and. Probably a significant amount of time. It seems like he's been estranged from Falcon. Maybe it's been in dry dock. Maybe, uh, you know, he, uh, he, he, he lost it in another game of cards. <laughs> but he gets, he gets on board and he sees that, that cockpit and he says, Chewie, we're home. And all of a sudden, it's not just Han and Chewie rejoicing it's us as fans you know here we are we're, we're getting this we're, we're back to the star wars that we grew up on um we are home as fans and so when harrison delivers that line han solo is speaking for all of us and that is why people were crying at star wars celebration in the auditoriums as they saw this instant icon this instant cinema icon be presented to us for the first time. People were crying, and I don't blame them. I mean, I just had the goosebumps everywhere. As promised, I did make my way uh, through the auditorium and high-fived as many people as I could <laughs> right after uh, that sequence wrapped up. But uh, I, was, I was floating as I was doing it as well because uh, it was something that was uh, one of those moments, like Jason said, is so significant in pop culture history that it becomes... Uh, 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 just a major piece of the fabric instantly and everyone knows it that was what was uh, that's what impressed me and i'm i'm sure it had a lot to do with the fact that we were at a star wars celebration but i oh, don't sure. remember i don't remember anything from any of the prequel trailers becoming as immediately as to be to become a rallying cry to fans like this line this was the perfect line. Even if this this is something that's cut from the movie, this was the absolute perfect sequence to put at the close of this trailer. 
I remember I asked Alan Dean Foster during the, uh, the panel about Star Wars novelizations uh, if that line is going to end up in the novel. And uh, he, uh, you know, <laughs> he zipped up those lips. Yeah, he wasn't going to no say comment. anything. Yeah, yeah, that was a big no comment. But uh, I think that that line is uh, going to become one of the uh, most famous lines of the saga. Notice it's, no gray hair. Oh, I was just going to say notice no gray hair in uh, Chewie. Uh, Han's got some gray. Yeah, you know, he's got that Wookiee Rogaine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Rogaine's for growing hair. Chewie doesn't need that. Well, Chewie Chewy was already 200 years old by the time the original happened, so he's probably going to be around for a while more. Yeah, I would, yeah. I would, I would say so. Um, what do we think of uh, the way Chewie looks? Um, he's got the, the Star Wars A New Hope do, the slick back look, as opposed to sort of the more feathered 80s do from, uh, from Return of the Jedi. Hairspray. Can you see him? You know, come on, Chewie. We're going to be late. I, I wonder, and I, and I hope this isn't true, but I'm looking at the growl. It looks like they're keeping with the 70s technology in terms of the way the mask operates. We don't see a lot more mouth movement than we, we've seen in the past. Um, so they didn't, they're not overdoing that. Which Something nice. tells me the growl that we hear in the trailer is not actually the growl that is uh, being used in you the film. You keep saying when, when that. Why do you think yeah. that? Why do you well, think number that? one, because, because I don't think it's synced up very well with the mouth movement. And I know that's why you might think that the, the technology is, is more, you know, like how they did the mask in the 70s, how Stuart Freeborn originally tooled that mask to work. And that could very well be true, but I just don't think that it's that sort of roar. I think you needed a big, loud, chewy roar to end the trailer. But I think it'll be more like a chewy, we're home. I agree. You know, it's going to be something a little more... Yeah, he's not not screaming. No, no, not going for it. He's just, you know, he just uh, maybe a, a smaller whimper. And believe me, I've been, you know, knee deep in uh, Wookiee talk as I've been working on Smuggler's Bounty, you know, nonstop for the last six weeks. So I kind of have a feel for the way that Chewie articulates or reacts. And um, I, I think that in the finished film, the reaction will be a little more down key than that big loud roar we get to uh, end the trailer. But you need that to end the trailer. You need to have that big exclamation yeah. at you, the end. Yeah, you can't have the big music cue with Chewie going. Rrr, rrr. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't care. Okay, Doesn't you've, care. you've convinced me. You've convinced me. And then we resolve into the brand new title treatment, which is growing on me, by the way. At first, I thought, oh, my gosh, is this placeholder stuff or what? Um, but no, this turns out to be what they're committed to. And the more I see it, the more I like it. I, I would have maybe perhaps rather seen that, that, uh, band, uh, going around like that you saw with empire or, or even the strip with, like they did with Jedi and star and wars were incorporated into the, into the lines across the top and bottom, something a little bit more artsy. Um, this seems like a first draft to me, but it is growing on me. Well, I sure was disappointed that the Celebration store sold out of those T-shirts so fast last weekend in Anaheim because, uh, boy, it it sure looked good on people walking around uh, saying it loud, saying it proud that they're looking forward to The Force Awakens. And that was the first official shirt to go on sale. And unfortunately, I missed it. Here's something interesting, guys. We've known the release date of this movie for a long time. Why does this just say December? Well, is it going to be staggered in its uh, release? Is it going to like open on uh, December 18th here in the States and maybe on the 20th uh, That's overseas? That's what I'm wondering. Uh, or are they leaving themselves room 
to do it uh, to release it earlier in the month if they mm. need to. Are they giving themselves that latitude? I don't know. Hard to answer that one. Hard I think say. it's coming out next week. I think <laughs> we're going to get a big surprise. They're going to say, hey, it's there. Go ahead and see it. <laughs> and and then Chewie, Chewie's going to go. <laughs> right, <you know>. right. <laughs> uh, and did we know that this was going to be available in 3D before? Or is I this think the so. first confirmation of that? Hmm. I think so. Um, what, what do you guys think about the, the 3D? It, 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 you know, blew up with Avatar. And that's what contributed a lot to the massive box office that Avatar got is because it was such a curiosity. Everyone wanted to see the technology, how it had been applied in this new and revolutionary way. And then that started off this whole... Everything has to be in 3D. But well, now the we're tickets were Star twice Wars. as much, too, you know. And, well, of course, yeah, yeah, with the, the IMAX prices and, and the uh, 3D prices, what have you, you know, you, all, you have to pay that extra fee. But what do you think now? Here's a Star Wars film that is not going to be converted into 3D. It's going to be actually, um, you know, uh, using, they're actually going to be using the technologies available to them on the set. I don't think it's a post-conversion, at least. I'm talking a little out of school here. Um, I just think it's curious that they want to advertise that, especially after uh, pulling back the uh, 3D releases of the prequels, which are completed. Um, so to make a big deal about Wait 3D... Wait are, are all of those prequels... Okay, the prequels are completed. I'm sorry. I, I thought... Yeah. They know that they were also... They wanted to do all the movies eventually. Mm-hmm. Do we know how far they are into your uh, classic trilogy? Not so much. The only public screening of anything from the original trilogy in 3D happened at uh, Show West, you know, big industry uh, uh, um, uh, convention type uh, thing that that goes on uh, once a year. And uh, Show West, they years ago, I want to say five years ago, they screened like the first 15 minutes of A New Hope in 3D. And that was the only time it was ever screened publicly. Right. That's and that right. Was, and that was with um, one type of 3D technology that, from my understanding, was not then used on the prequels um, because the prequels didn't... Well, maybe episode one did, but with episodes two and three, they had a lot more to work with because so much more of the films were of those films were shot digitally. So that conversion process on the original trilogy was something different. Um, honestly... What as my this does not really increase or decrease. It does nothing to my level of excitement for this film. It's pretty much fixed. It's on you know overload. Um, I I wouldn't go out of my way to say oh I have to see this in 3D, uh, especially if I want that vintage throwback feel. Um, I certainly don't remember having a pair of goggles on my face when I was watching any of the original films. Uh, not to be a Scrooge about it or you know uh, Jason Downer, but. You know, it's okay if I have a theater available to me that's going to show it in that form. Great. If not, you know, I'll be happy to see it no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, you brought up the look of Chewie. Is, is there any sort of uh, observations you guys want to make about how Chewie looks uh, in his eyes? I don't see. Yeah, he, he looks. Like he's had a facelift a little bit. He's yeah, he's maybe. had some work done. He looks a little pulled, doesn't he? I don't see he's that. He's had some work class. done, you know? <laughs> but he's old, man. Like I said, he was already over 200 years old. So like, yeah, you know, that's why he doesn't look A little nip so and a tuck here. Yeah, he took off 30 years easily. But um, you don't see the, the classic blue eyes. And uh, that's, that's something that bugs me just about the, the chewy look. All in all, I think they got his look down pretty well. It's just He does seem a little pulled. I, I, I think that might be... It might be the filmmaker's way of saying, well, 
you know, Chewy has aged a little bit. Or um, it could be the shot. Just could be the shot. Because I've seen could be like, Bob Iger. Like- there was a Bob Iger shot um, of him and Chewbacca, and Chewbacca looked perfect. Like, absolutely, you know, original trilogy perfect. Yeah, that, that was a selfie that Iger took, I think, on the first day of shooting. Or maybe right. even before that, you know, like they were back doing a, a wardrobe uh, prior to uh, shooting. They were doing wardrobe over at, uh, at L Street. There. Not Pinewood. Pinewood. Everything has such a vintage vibe to it. I forgot where they're shooting these films. Pinewood, of course. Now, to me, that looks like uh, that looks like Peter Mayhew in the eyes. I think so. I think so. Uh, anytime right. that it's not been Peter, it looks off. I don't think this looks off at all. Really, no. I don't. I don't. But uh, well, guys, uh, this has been incredible. What a uh, I've I, I maybe more excited and jazzed about this trailer now than I've ever been. So it's been awesome to break it down with you. And um, any any final thoughts, uh, Sam, about what we saw this two minutes of film? No, it looks great. It looks really really cool. I can't wait to see uh, the next to trailer, which will you know <laughs> probably have even more little reveals. I wonder if there's something if there's a point where like I need to stop. And just stop watching this stuff and wait for the movie. You know, <laughs> never, like, no, never. seriously. Like, honestly, I mean, I wonder if, uh, wonder if I'm, um, how many reveals I'm spoiling for myself by watching these trailers. All right, when do you think we'll see the next trailer? Now, these are these are labeled as teasers. This is not the full trailer. Uh, typically, for a dis- big December release, summertime would be when a uh, an official full length trailer would drop. So I, I've heard. Some talk about uh, the X Men Age of Ultron film in uh, early May, but that seems no. to me too close. It'll be this trailer. It'll be this trailer attached to that one opening next week. Uh, the, the Avengers will have this tack to it. That's that's just my speculation. I think we'll see the next trailer not at San Diego Comic Con, but at D twenty three, the uh, big Disney convention that they do every two years in july, that's where we'll right? see yes we'll yeah. see the trailer the next trailer then ah throw them a bone those those d23 guys poor all guys right. <laughs> all right well this again this has been uh, such a pleasure sam thank you so much for taking your time away from your star destroyer toy um as we uh as we it's uh it's it's uh it's a uh, uh, one-for-one reproduction of the uh original shooting model you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> I so just scary. say it out of uh, pure jealousy. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> Sam shared some <laughs> photos with us, an unboxing uh, of of this incredible model. It's right out of the film. It's just unbelievable. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna plug the guy because he's so he's so cool. Go to I believe it's stardestroyerproject.com. Um, let me see if I'm right about that. I'm gonna test it out. Hold on for a second, Stent. Almost there. <laughs> See, now the Skype will blow up. Yeah, Almost we're finding you can't there. do anything on your computer when you're skyping, other than Skype. Yeah, it's www.stardestroyerproject.com. All right. uh, go there, see this guy's work. It's really incredible. Awesome, it's amazing. I mean, I, I think uh, the work done by those guys would even make a Lauren Peterson start to drool. It's so good and so accurate. So good. I thought when you showed us the pictures, I thought, oh my God, how did Sam get the actual prop? I was like, what museum did he break into? It should be in a museum. Yeah. The same one that the Cross of Coronado was in. (laughs) (laughs) Or we could see you lowering into a. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Exactly. Precisely. It won't cut yeah. you off, Jim. No. Well, I was just saying, you can see Sam luring himself into the archive building at Skywalker Ranch, a la Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible. You got it. By the way, speaking of Mission Impossible, if you're looking for someone to blame of why the Rogue One teaser is not in wider distribution, blame Mission Impossible. Yeah. Rogue Mission is, um, I guess there's some sort of gentleman's agreement between Disney and Paramount that they won't step on each other's toes, or rather Star Wars won't step on Tom Cruise's toes um, with uh, promoting Rogue One during the proper promotional campaign for Rogue Mission, which is the fourth uh, Mission Impossible movie. So, uh, once that um, comes and goes, which should take just a couple of weeks, uh, we'll, I'm sure, see this incredible teaser for Rogue One. Which uh, John Knoll, by the way, Any Cool News had a great piece about the physics of that trailer. And and would the Death Star appear that way in the atmosphere um, of the of the planet Yavin? And uh, in fact, the, the fellow that wrote it did such a great job that John Knoll himself, who was overseeing the production of that trailer, um, wrote in and uh, they had a great exchange about that. Uh, so there's a piece on Any Cool News that breaks that all down for you. So check that out. Um, and hopefully we will get treated to that. John Knoll interestingly called it a moving teaser poster. That's really what he said they were going after. It's not a trailer so much as it's a moving movie poster, which I thought was so cool. So that was also revealed at Celebration. We'll be talking about that and everything else that happened at Celebration on our next uh, edition of uh, Rebel Force Radio, the flagship uh, show the here. <laughs> For sure, on the next month of flagship show. Yeah, probably. I guess that's right. We, we won't be able to do it in one show. But once again, uh, big thanks to Sam Whitworth for joining us. Thank you so much, Sam. No problem, guys. And congratulations on the roles that you've uh, you've uh, um, been given on Rebels. That's just awesome. Thank you very much. Well deserved. Uh, Jimmy Mack, any yes. final thoughts that you have about the trailer? Oh, my goodness. Um, I'll tell you what. This trailer just really... Uh, shows us what kind of direction the uh, the sequel trilogy be- will be going in. And I had heard very early on that J.J. Abrams had revealed to staff that he would like this film to look like you just popped Return of the Jedi out of the old VHS machine and then you popped this tape in. They were going to be that loyal to the source material from the original trilogy. And man, oh man, if you don't get that vibe by watching this two minutes of awesomeness, then uh, you might not know Star Wars as well as you think you do, because I'll tell you what, this feels like an obvious and direct extension of the original trilogy, both in vibe, attitude, and aesthetic. And that makes this old school original trilogy, original generation fan, really pumped up for the future of the Star Wars franchise. Me as well. Me as well. Um, and I'm sure this won't be the final word on this uh, trailer here on uh, Rebel Force Radio. But uh, I hope you did enjoy our analysis. I know I did. So if you have as much fun listening as we had doing it, then uh, we've done our job. So we'll yeah, see it. Yep. Keep the, keep the voicemails coming because I have a feeling 
a late night voicemail listener review of the trailer <laughs> is definitely in the cards very soon. So uh, we're going to be releasing this show uh, over. This is a, a rare weekend release for us here at Rebel Force Radio, and we might follow it up then with the uh, listener reaction episode because we want to hear what you guys thought of that amazing trailer. All right, that's going to do it. We'll see you next time here on Rebel Force Radio. Until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jimmy Mack. And remember, the Force will be with you always. Always.